I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. Jump right into it. I want to welcome everybody to episode 25 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we got somebody from Sugarland, Texas, went to Kempner High School, went to Alvin Community College and Macomb Community College in Michigan. Coaching career started in 2009 for the Fort Bend Texans for baseball. And now he's the 14U coach for the Hustle National, Hustle Nation team, private lessons. 2011 to current want to welcome everybody sean sean man i don't i don't know how to pronounce your last name man so i won't i don't want to mess it up it's like my special segment of the show <laughs> hey, you might get it right sean. man you might get it right I, hey you you right i might but i'd rather you know just just not even try you know man but want to welcome everybody sean to the show yeah man thanks for having me on all right, man. So, Sean, man, if you want to, you know, start, we can talk, start talking about your upbringing. Yeah, so I grew up uh, in Sugarland. My mom left me and my older sister with, with my dad when we were really young. I think I was a year old. My sister was two and a half years old. Um, she just wasn't ready to have kids. So my dad pretty much raised us. Uh, as a single parent. Uh, he later remarried uh, when I was around 10. And uh, I consider my stepmom, she's mom to me. Uh, she pretty much raised us through our middle school and high school years. Uh, yeah, man, but I, I didn't leave Sugarland until I went to college. And so I was in Sugarland most of my life. And, um, Kind of been been around a lot of places, lived a lot of places, and and so that's you know the the short story of it. Um, but I, I I fell in love with baseball as a young kid. Um, I can remember being in diapers and hitting the ball off a tee. Uh, my dad my dad was a very good baseball player. Um, he played. He went to Sharpstown High School, played ball. Um, actually grew up on playing on the fields that the Bad News Bears were filmed on, the, the uh, Kyle Chapman fields right there in Sharpstown. So, oh, fair. Baseball runs pretty deep in our family. So, Okay. Um, so when you went to um, the community college, was it for baseball? Yeah. So I didn't have any scholarships um, coming out of high school. So I, I went and tried out at Alvin, and uh, I actually I went to pitch. Um, I pitched and played outfield in high school, played a little third base. Um, but I went there to pitch, started having some shoulder issues, um, like some bursa sac inflammation. And when I, when I was a senior in high school, I was probably mid to high 80s. On a good day when my arm was feeling great, I could probably hit 90, 91. Um, 
But I had a lot of movement. I was three quarters through two seams. Had a good change up. So went to the tryout at Alvin. Um, they told me I could walk on there. And so I got, I don't know, a month or two into our fall, our fall uh, workouts. And my head coach came to me and said, hey, man, um, really don't have any room for you to be on this team as a pitcher right now. But, you know, we can redshirt you. We really want you to catch because we, we, we know you can hit. Um, so every day after practice, I would go hit in the cage, even though I was there to pitch, you know, I, I love to hit. And so they, they knew I could hit a little bit and I was built like a catcher. So they're like, you know, do you want to catch? And I, at that time I, I wouldn't, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, well, I just want to play ball, you know? So whatever y'all need me to do, I'll do it. But I ain't caught since literally. <laughs> so it was, it was new to me. And, and what's crazy is these guys that, and I didn't know this going there, but these guys that were going to junior college, th- these guys were drafted in high school. And they were going to JUCO to get drafted again, you know, get drafted higher. Um, and so these guys that I'm catching are throwing, you know, mid-90s. We had a guy, uh, his name was Jeremy Toole, was throwing 98. He was from Conroe. Um, and so it was – I mean, I got thrown to the, to the wolves, basically – um, and I and I taught myself how to catch. I mean, they they threw me down in the bullpen, and I was the bullpen catcher for for my entire freshman year. I mean, I have nobody nobody taught me how to do anything. I had to. And this was Levi. This was when we had those razor flip phones, bro. We didn't have mm-hmm. YouTube back then. You right. know, for all these drills you can do. I mean, so it was. You know, if if you had a laptop back then, it, it, you were considered upper middle class. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. I self-taught myself how to catch, um, and so I was, I was there in 0- 06, 07, and summer after my freshman year there, I played uh, for a summer league team called the Saints, and um, we played in, in like a summer league uh, for the most part, and my coach, his name was Dick Smith. Um, he used to be the coach at Galveston Community College for a long time. And uh, actually, Tim knows him really well. Um, he had – so my my real mom lived in Michigan at the time. She had remarried. And uh, I, I always wanted a relationship with my mom. You know, I really didn't understand why she left. You know, I was still young. And, you know, we still kept in contact and stuff. And she was going through a hard time in, in Michigan. And so I wanted to go, I wanted to go up to Michigan and help her. I wanted to get away from, uh, I wanted to get away from Texas for a while and experience yeah. something new. Well, it just so happens that Dick Smith, my summer league coach had some connections in Michigan and, and lined me up with a, with Macomb uh, to go do a tryout. So I flew up there did my tryout as a catcher and they ended up giving me a scholarship to play there. Okay. Which is is crazy, man. Like I, I hadn't really caught in a, in a meaningful game yet at this point. (laughs) Um, But my pop time was really good. Um, And I actually figured out how to throw the ball a lot harder from behind the plate than I did in front of the plate. So went there, uh, did that and into our spring season 
um, I got crossed up. We had it. We had a that was throwing high nineties. I called a, uh, I called a slider. He threw a fastball across me up, broke my hand in three different places. And that, that basically ended my baseball career right there. I couldn't, after I was in a cast and rehabbed, I just couldn't catch anything over 80 miles an hour anymore without being in excruciating pain. So that was, that was it for my playing career. And I came back home and decided I, I was going to coach, you know, I, I didn't want to leave the game. Right. So come back home, uh, get on with uh, – so I have a younger brother. He was playing for the Fort Bend Texans, and at that time they were owned by Dennis Carter. Uh, he played a little a little pro ball. Um, and his, his assistant at the time is Brian Williams, who pitched for the Astros for a long time. Um, Brian actually runs the Fort Bend Texans now. Dennis Dennis passed, but they uh, they knew that I just came home from college ball, and and they you know they they need or, or they they had a couple of teams that needed they needed to staff up for opportunity, and that's kind of how I got my feet wet coaching, and I just started giving lessons uh, on the side. So I ended up doing that for a couple of years and then my parents told me I needed a real job so I had to go into the real <laughs> the real workforce for a while I would still give lessons here and there on the side but it wasn't anything like what I'm doing now or what I was doing you know right out of college okay but then when my daughter started playing which is really what got me back into the coaching and, and deep into giving lessons again and, you know, you, you don't realize how much you miss, how much you missed it until you come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize how fun it was until my kids started playing. To me, it was oh, a boring no. sport. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it. I tell you what, I enjoy more than I do baseball, man, because the game is so much faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the girls have it. The girls have it way harder than the boys, man. Being around it, I, and you know, it's the, the girls. The girls are uh, they're athletes, man. It's crazy. Yeah. To see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure, I agree with that, man. Explain. Explain. Like you had mentioned, like you learned how to throw the ball harder from behind the plate to in front of the plate. Was it like a different way you threw the ball, or what? Yeah. So totally different arm spot, right? Um, you know, on the mound, I was I was three quarters, and, and so a, a little bit. I think what really helped me behind the plate was was I was a quarterback in middle school, and then my, uh, my first couple years in high school. So being a catcher, I mean, you're pretty close to the same arm slot as a quarterback. Um, but I think what really helped me uh, was I was able to figure out how to use my legs, you know, and, and put them into my throws. When I was catching, whereas on the mound, you know, I used a lot of a lot of upper body, and, and that's why I ended up having you know some shoulder problems because my mechanics were bad. So I think that that's a, a huge contributor, you know, was was being able to figure out how to use my my lower half. Okay, okay, I understand now. Yeah, I get you because you pushing off 
with your legs when you're trying to throw down, throw the second or whatever, wherever yep. you're trying to throw to. Okay. Okay. So you had mentioned like you didn't get, you know, any scholarships, you know, or, or nothing like that from no D1, D2, no bigger, bigger colleges. So you went the, the junior college route. What colleges like did you have, you know, like on your radar in mind that, that you was, you know, hoping you get that, get that letter from? Man, to be honest with you, I, I can remember, you know, my early years in high school, just wanting to be drafted out of high school, not really having a college in mind. Um, you know, I went to Alvin because it was 30 minutes away from my house. You know, I had never had a job before. I never knew what it was like to, you know, have to have to do anything to support myself yet. So it was a little bit scary, going, you know, thinking about going anywhere further than that. And, you know, once I got through my first year at Alvin, I was like, man, this is, this ain't so bad. I can go clear across the country and be all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I my high school coach, and, and we still talk today, um, he's no longer coaching high school ball, but he didn't really do a whole lot to get us recruited. And, you know, times have changed since then. Mm -hmm. Select was not what it is now back then. Yeah, back then you needed um, your high school coach. Right. And so – you know, he didn't do a whole lot. Um, he was only in his – when I was on varsity, the first year I played for him, he was in his third year as a head coach. So he still had a learning curve as far as recruiting and all that stuff goes. And we had a, we had a few guys um, that ended up going and playing at TCU. Um, and one of them, his name was Tyler Lockwood. He was a senior with me. We grew up together. They ended up – TCU ended up getting – a few more guys from my high school just by coming to watch him play. Um, so, it, you know, that's kind of how recruiting went back then, and then it changed, man. Now most of the recruiting is done on the weekends. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just mm -hmm. on these select teams, so, which is something that I'm working through right now with, with my 14-year group as, as we get into the fall going up to 16-year. You know, it's going to change our schedule a little bit. Um you know, we're not going to be looking at the same tournaments we played in this year. We're going to be looking at showcase events and camps, mm -hmm. you know, not not skills camps, but college recruiting camps. Um, so things have changed, man, and, and it's, it's – I think it's for the better. Um, you know, there's a lot more exposure out there now than, than there was back then. You know, right, we, then you we, had, we had Facebook back then, right? And that was the only thing we really had. Now these kids have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and TikTok. Well, I we mean, had, they have we so had, many we avenues. Had, we had MySpace. You're right. We had MySpace before Facebook. Yeah, it was MySpace. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had to put together highlight tapes, you know, and, and that was that was something that you had to know somebody that was good at stuff like that to even, you know, even get it done on your phone back then yeah you know so right. i think mm -hmm. i didn't really uh you know i only went to college because i wanted to play baseball I, I didn't really care i don't really care about a degree i wasn't there you know for school um i, I wish my mindset was a little bit different you know not if if i knew then what i know now i think things would have been a lot different but i was really there to play ball and, and so i did the minimum at school because 
I knew I had to do that to be on the field. And, and it, you know, so I didn't have a college or colleges in mind. I just knew that that was close. Um, and come to find out, man, so we were in the same conference as San Jack. And there was a lot of guys on that on, on that San Jack roster that, that ended up playing pro ball and, or, you know, going to a D1 from there. I mean, we were in a tough conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a good experience. Right. So what's, what's something that you could have done better, like to make done more of to make yourself a better player? Man, I would have, I would have spent a lot more time taking care of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when you're young and, and I was a multi-sport athlete, uh, played football, played baseball. Um, and so I, I felt like I was always in shape year round. Um, but I had, you know, when, when practice was over, you know, a lot of us would just go home and then we go hang out with friends or whatever. I mean, I would have spent more time. I would have spent more time on my butt, on my body. And then I would have spent more time, you know, either watching film or in the cages. Um, and I did more towards the end of my high school career, but early on in high school, you know, I was, I, I had a God given talent in my arm and it only took me so far. Mm -hmm. I got to my junior year and guys start catching and so that, that's kind of something that you don't think about when you're 16, 17 years old. You know, you just think you're Superman and injuries don't yeah. happen to everybody else, right? And so mm-hmm. I tore, tore my hamstring twice in high school, and it was, it was due to not, not stretching properly. Um, you know, and so that's a big thing that I push with my girls, especially at their age because they're growing right now. So it's very important to stretch. So I wish I would have spent more time on my body. Um, you know, and I, and I probably, and it, you know, that's not to say that I probably still wouldn't and, in, 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 you know, in my career that way, but I think I probably would have had some more doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's probably it. Okay. So like, like you know, training, training the these different kids, you know, old. What what's the age limit? Like you have, you start, you start them as young as they come, until when or or what? I try not to really work with kids that are that are less than or younger than than eight or nine. Okay. Um, just for the simple fact that they don't really understand there's a disconnect between their brain and their bodies and they don't understand, you know, you can tell them, Hey, I need you to move your body or you show them, I need you to move your body in this, in this way here. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you, when you start getting younger than eight or nine, it, it's understand how to do that. And, you know, so it's, you can do a lot of basic stuff with them, but you can't really get too technical. And also I think, you don't really need to do that at that age. I think that's more of an age where they find out if, if they're going to have fun playing this sport, right? Because once you start training like that into personal lessons, mm-hmm. it, it's not just fun anymore, man. It's kind of like a job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you, and you have to treat it that way when you step into the cage. I mean, you, it's. and I think, too, the younger kids, they go to school all day and then they come to a lesson and their brain is just, 
you know, it's kind of all over the place. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I tell all my all my clients, you know, that have young kids that come to me, you know, they ask me, well, you know, should we do an hour? Or should we come twice a week? Or should we come every week? And I just tell them, like, look, let's get through today. You know, usually I don't like to do hitting lessons for more than 30 minutes, even with the older girls. Like, let's get your work in. Let's get it. Let's get it done. And then we move on because anything after 30 minutes, fatigue starts to set in and now we're creating bad habits, right? So with the younger kids, I always tell them, you know, ask them how they feel after their lesson on the car ride home. You know, if they want to come back next, next week, let's do it next week. Do I think they need to come twice a week right now? Probably not, right? Twice a week, three times a week, that's more for the older girls that are trying to, we're trying to fine tune something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're and they're trying to stay sharp, right? And and even then, during you know when they're in season, you really don't want to do a whole whole lot, right? Because they're already getting their reps at high school. They're already, you know, doing that stuff there. So uh, it's more of an off season. We'll we'll ramp it up a little bit. But. Okay, and and like, so the eight nine year old, do you teach them the same thing as you teach the? 14, 16 year olds? Yeah. Well, some, sometimes. So with the younger group, I, I tend to, to spread them out as far as hitting. I'll get them, I'll get them wide and, and we'll, we'll completely, you know, start with no strides. So we'll eliminate the stride immediately. A lot of young kids think that stride is, is where the power comes from. And, and, it, and that's not the case. You know, your, your step and your stride is, is strictly timing, right? So mm-hmm. with the young group, you know, I, I basically, what I like to call it is a, is a, is a two-strike approach. You know, we get just work on turning the hips and getting our top hand staying inside the ball. Um, and I'll do it a lot with my older girls, too. You know, we'll do half of our lesson and nothing strike approach, and then towards the end we'll get the strike going. Um and, and I'm a firm believer in, in when a kid is struggling at the plate, you just get into the two-strike approach, turn your hips, and throw your top hand. You know, simplify things a little bit. And, uh, you know, as they, as they get older, like my, my – I have a 10-year-old that's on the 2013 team. You know, we, we add the stride back in, right, when they understand what it means and when to get it up and when to get it down. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. And that, that kind of goes into another question, like, like relating relating to to each girl differently like like how do you go about that yeah so what's what's crazy about the girls man is one week they'll be able to do something and then the next week they can't figure out how to do it because their bodies are always changing right so mm-hmm. each girl is is a individual case where i look at them and and we we try to focus on where we're struggling the most, whether it's our getting separation before we start our swing or getting, getting the back foot off the ground. I see a lot of girls that don't, they don't, that back heel never leaves the ground. Right. So what does that mean? That means their hips aren't getting through. So we, a lot of my focus is on the lower half. A lot of kids don't know how to use their lower half. They just swing in their arms, you know, and, and getting them to understand that, you don't need to worry about taking the barrel to the ball. We need to focus on your hands because the barrel is going to follow what your hands do, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it is a case by case, uh, you know, deal with with each athlete. You know, the older girls, a lot of them come to me with with a with they already have their swing, right? Some of them more talented than others, and so we're mm-hmm. just tweaking minor things, or we're or we're keeping them sharp. You know, it, it's not a a full makeover to their swing, right? So, uh, and then sometimes I'll get a kid that you know, has no idea what they're doing, and we just start from the beginning, and we work our way through it slowly. Okay. Okay, and, okay, speak about speak about a, a, a typical practice, like, like you know, from, from start to, to ending. I mean, you can, you don't got to give everybody all your, all your personal details, you know, but, but speak on, like, how you, you start practice and, and, like, the different drills and stuff that you run in in practice in practice or my lesson no in, in practice and then we'll get okay. to the lessons after yeah so in practice um so with with my group wednesdays are usually a practice where we're going to get a lot of we're going to get a lot of work in um as far as you know ground balls fly balls just because most of our, half my team you know they're playing or actually all of them are playing either junior high or high school sports. So I usually don't have every single girl there on Wednesdays. So Wednesdays practice, we'll, we'll stretch, we'll run, we'll warm up, uh, get our long tossing in, and then we'll go into our in and out, what I like to call in and out. So everybody will go to their, go to their infield, outfield, outfield position, and we'll basically do a, you know, a pregame um, in and out. So, you know, outfielders throwing the ball to second. First ball will be a ground ball. Second ball will be a fly ball. And then we'll go to third and then we'll go home. And we'll go through that a few times. And then everybody will come into the infield. And then we'll go through our uh, our infield progression uh, of our in and out. Once we're done with that, then we'll, uh, we'll catch a little break and then we'll come back out and we'll go into a double fungo. So we'll have the middle infielders working flips to second, double plays, uh, we'll have first and third working their, working their fielding drills. Um, and then once we're done with the double fungo, which we'll usually spend close to an hour on that, um, then we'll go into uh, on-the-run stuff, you know, making throws on the run, um, you know, putting our bodies in positions that aren't, you know, ideal to make a throw, um, you know, so that we're prepared for it whenever the game comes. So. Um, that's typically a Wednesday practice. And then we'll finish it up. All the pitchers will throw a bullpen, um, get their work in. And then on Sundays, when I run my practice, we'll do uh, – that's where we'll work on our bunk coverages, our first and third situations, uh, base running stuff. Um, we'll still go through our in and out stuff. And then we'll spend the last hour in the cage getting some swings in. Okay. And do, do, do your girls, do they, do you, do they all do in, infield and outfield or just the infielders do infield or how do you do that? I have, I have them all do, I have all of my outfielders do infielders, do infield work, but not all of my infielders do outfield work. That makes sense. Okay. Got you. Yeah. I mean, you got some girls that, you know, corner girls that not really going to play in the outfield. Right. You know, right. okay, okay, and then and, and at that age, too, is is a little different than the younger girls. Yeah, they they have an idea of 
of where they're going to play at in high school or, or in college at that point. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so when you when you got into training, did you? It was just baseball at the beginning, or was it both baseball and softball? Just just baseball. Okay. Okay. And 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 go ahead and, and, go ahead and break down like a typical start off training uh, of hitting training like like for 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 a beginner yeah so for for a beginner we will spend um most of our time on the d um i'll i'll have you know the the first part of my focus will be on the top hand doing some top hand drills um and then once we get through the top hand drills then we'll work on the lower half uh getting getting our hips turned, uh, back heel up to the sky. And then, and then towards the end, we'll, we'll put everything together. Right. So we don't, I don't do a whole lot of, uh, front toss or what I like to call live BP with, mm-hmm. with the beginning. You know, after a few lessons, um, but I don't typically, I don't typically pitch to them yet. Uh, we do, a, we spend a lot of time on the seat. And then with my more experienced kids, uh, we still work a heavy T progression before we see any kind of front toss or live pitching. So we'll spend probably half the lesson doing T drills. And you, you progression that do. Um, but a lot of my older girls, uh, most of them play for me, so I get to see what they're going through on the weekend, right? So I'll have a plan when we get into our lesson the next week on what I want to work. On with my own eyes and what we've watched on video and so we might change something up do a different drill uh week to week based on you know where where we need to focus so uh but lots of teamwork man and, and it gets boring but i can't stress that enough and, I, and i'll tell you a story real quick when mm-hmm. i was coaching with the fort Bend texas our seventh team they used to practice at kincaid high school well, at the time, Lance Berkman lived across the street. So he had access to the Kincaid uh, cages. They were, they were indoors, but they were covered. They were, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful facility. And his wife and him would walk over there every single day. And I would watch this guy hit 500 balls off the tee. His wife would sit on a chair, put a ball on the tee for him, and he'd hit. And they would, he would hit 500 balls off the tee. And I thought to myself, like, and, and this is me out of college. I'm like, man, we never spent a that had a career. And so it's, yeah, it's that important, is, man. That's crazy. But but yeah. that's, that's I mean, the T is, I mean, you if you can hit off a T, you, I mean, that's where you get your, your swing down pat. That's, I mean, right. at least that's what what I learned, you know. So it's I mean, you, if you got professionals. Day. Okay, so you I mean you got if you got professionals hitting off the tee, then the young ones shouldn't have a problem at all hitting off the tee. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was watching um, the pregame show before the Yankees game yesterday, and and they Aaron Judge was going through his tee progression um, in their. You know when they were doing their pregame show, and a lot of the stuff that that guy's doing is stuff that we work on in the cage, and it's just 
it's cool to see that the guys at the highest level are, are, are doing that and that they believe in it. So for all the young kids watching that, man, it, it's, it's, it is, it should be a heavy part of your workout when you get engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speak, speak on the difference um, from going from 12U to 14U. Man, so I, I, uh, I didn't get to see this group in 12U. Uh, this is my first year with them. Um, but okay. I can say, you know, from being around uh, Tim and, and, and our, the 2011 national team and watching them, I think the difference really is pitching. And, you know, you got like Olivia Ramon throwing 63 right now from 40 feet, right? So I think if you can hit in 12U, you should be able to hit in 14U. You're getting an extra three feet to see a ball. Um, and, and, and the other side to that is, is if, you know, if you got the pitching, you know, you can be successful in, in either age group. Oh, yeah. That's a given. So I got got I got a good question right here for you. Which, which would you want, a great player or a great team player? A uh, great team player every day of the week. And 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 I, and elaborate a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so, and I, and I'll just kind of speak on experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a great team player is going to help you in more ways than a, than a great player will, you know, and you can take a, a great team player and make them a great player as well. And so now they got both qualities, right? But a, a great team player. No, you there? Hello. You there? Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Okay. No, that's all good. Okay. We'll go back to uh, speak on you know, having a great player and a great team player? Yeah, so as a coach, I would rather have a great teammate over a great player. Um, the reason is, you know, you, great great teammates know how to play the game properly, um, and, and you want that as a coach, man. You, you, want, you want a player that's not selfish, right? If there's a situation where you need to move some runners, you, you want that kid that is going to, cut down his swing or her swing a little bit just to move the runner, you know, the, the greater benefit of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can turn a, a great teammate into a great player. And then, and then, you know, you get, you get to enjoy both sides of that. Right. So, you know, when I was coaching baseball with the Texans, you know, I, I would coach an eight U team one weekend and then I would go coach the 17 year olds another weekend. And I really enjoyed the younger group more than I did the older group because a lot of those 17-year-olds, they thought they knew everything at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of those kids were they're very because they're, you know, they're trying to get looked at and you know, they don't understand that you can do all that and still be a team player. Right? You, right. Can, hustle, you can hustle everywhere on the field. You can do team things, you know, hit the ball the other way to move runners and, you know, learn how to, learn learning how to play the game the way it's meant to be played will make you a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. How, how, how important is it to have a good relationship with your players, like as a coach? 
man, it's, it's probably the most important thing we do as coaches is, is build the relationship with our players. I mean, it, when you build a relationship with, with, with the kids on your team, you start to understand them, you know, where they're, where they're at in their mental space and what they can do physically. And, and it's important to, to have that relationship because, you know, if you don't have that, you'll never get the most out of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and putting and knowing them on a personal level helps you put them in situations where they can succeed too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, and that's, that's the thing. Like you gotta, I guess it kind of goes with the relating to them, right? Every girl learn different. Every girl, you know, do everything different. So you got to know certain girls can take yelling and certain girls can't take yelling. You know, it's just right. so many different things you got to learn about these girls. It's that. And, and, you know, I got some of my pitchers can come in in any situation and, and, and they're just bulldogs. And then I got some that, you know, they, they don't, perform well if, if they have to come in in the middle of an inning you know and so knowing that understanding you know where they are mentally it, it plays it plays a huge part in everything that we do um, right. you know at, at the 14 u age they should all be pretty used to getting yelled at at this point um, mm-hmm. but there's some that you know they need you to light a fire right and then there's some that come with it already so um, I, I try I try to be understanding of both sides, um, but there is times, man, where I got to get into them. You know, we either we're, we're we're not ready to play, or somebody, you know, their their little boyfriend broke up with them and their head ain't. It's, it could be anything, Levi. It's crazy with these girls, man. <laughs> they, yeah. They, uh, you know, and, and then they turn it into little women. So. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. At that age, going into high school, everything. Everything just changed. Yeah, and it changes fast. Mm-hmm. And I think what's what's helped me is I have three I have three daughters, so I'm I'm a girl dad, uh, you know. So I live in a house with five women because even the dog. Bless. Hey, hold on, hold on. I bless you. <laughs> I, I feel for you. I I have I have three and three you know and but five. I I don't see how you do it, dude. And and I don't get no slack. They don't <laughs> cut me no slack. But I I love it, man. I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. They they make you the person you are. That's it. Yeah. So like, speak on uh, how how your kids got into got into softball. So right now, I only have one that plays, um, and that's. That's Avery. She plays on the 2013 uh, Hustle Premier Team. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll get a little personal here for a minute. Um, I am not – Avery is not my biologically mine. Um, her dad didn't want anything to do with her when she was really young. And so I became dad. And so I'm, I got her into softball. It started in wreck, and she loved it. And I, it, it brought us closer, man, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, you know, I had a daughter from a previous relationship, and then my wife had Avery, and my daughter lives with her mom, 
for the most part, and then and then I get you know my visitation with her, and so it was Avery filled that void for me uh, because it was you know it's painful not having your kids with you every day. Oh yeah. And so we we bonded over softball, and it and it brought us extremely close. And and I'm I'm who she knows as dad, and and I I wouldn't man I wouldn't trade that kid for the world. Um, my other one, my so mine. My daughter Ava from my previous marriage, she's uh she does cheerleading competitively. So I got one in cheer and then I got one in, in select softball. So you can imagine what uh you know <laughs> the amount of money that we have to spend a year. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I and, mean, and, I know. and actually softball is cheaper, man, which is crazy. And I was about to say, I'm like, I know softball is expensive, but I've heard how expensive the cheerleading is. Yeah, it's it's unreal expensive. Uh, yeah. And then I got the baby. She's she's three, so she's not playing yet, but she's already hitting off the tee. Okay, okay, so, so she already going through hitting lessons already. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she, I, it's listening to her, right? I, she makes me put the ball on the tee and. <laughs> She know exactly uh, what to do already, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> what's some what's some good advice you would give to a kid like yourself, like a kid that has has no offers? A kid that has no what? No offers. Like no Man, no college offers. I would say uh don't give up. I mean, you know, you're going to, if you don't have, if, if you're in a position to get offers and you don't have any yet, then you, then you need to, you need to spend more time working on your craft, right? Um, you know, finding ways to get better every day. Um, and then, you know, collecting video is, is a big thing right now for recruiting. I mean, if you got a ton of video on yourself, you know, the kids have the luxury of social media now with Twitter and they can tag these college coaches and, you know, so they can get out in front of them that way. Um, go to as many showcase camps, exposure camps that you can go to. Um, there, there's a, and the internet has so much stuff you can do to, to you know, get yourself seen now. Um, but I would say if you don't have offers and you're at, you're at a point in your career where you should be getting offers, you got to double your workload a little bit, you know, and, and that's, you got to be the first one, first one there and last one to leave. Right. That's, that's the old cliche. Yeah. But that's the whole way. I wish I would have followed that way. <laughs> yeah, I was the opposite. I was the last one there and the first one to leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it really is. That the the great ones, man. That's how they get to be great. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have knew that. <laughs> you know, um, what's some what's some good advice you would give your younger self? To my younger self. Yeah. Just probably, I would I would have spent more time in the classroom. You know, reading. Um, I do a lot of reading now, and I and I hated reading as, as a. As a I, I just had a hard time comprehending things, 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and but I do a lot of reading now. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm 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 on the road a lot with my day job, um, and, and it's just man, the amount of knowledge that you gain is you know you, you can't even put a value on that. So I wish I would have done more of that as a kid, educating myself on different things instead of just focusing on baseball and, and a, you know, a girlfriend. Cause I, I, you know, thinking back, I, I can remember those were the two things that I was concerned the most about was my girlfriend and baseball. Mm-hmm. Right. School, what? Who, who's worried about a book, right? School's important, man, and, and and also if I didn't have baseball, I probably, you know, knowing what I know now, I, I wish I would have gone and gone to a trade school and, and learned a trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's yeah. I mean, it's, a lot of my buddies are welders. Some of them, are, and, and they make good, and, and they have a trade, and they have the trade to go with it. So, I would just say have a backup plan, man, because you know. It's less than one percent to make it to the big league. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, not many going. I mean, many going, but not many going compared to how many playing before. Right. Mm-hmm. How, and and how, international international ball is so big now that it, it's probably cut mm-hmm. that number down a lot. A lot, yeah. So it just even less people on this side making it because of all the the ones that's getting but they get just getting better and it's they're getting better in in all sports right yep. like you know so it's just so different like you look at the nba and you have all the top people and none of them is from america you know so it's just yep. it's just the way everything is is evolving now it's just different absolutely so how how important is it for players to be vocal on the field Man, I, so I talk about this a lot with my girls, uh, especially the, the old – I have a couple of older ones that are freshmen in high school. Um, and, and I think it's extremely important from coming from them to the younger group. Um, and, you know, leadership comes in many forms, right? You can lead by example and, 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 you, can, and you can be vocal. You can be a vocal leader. But the ones that are that are, you know, great leaders do both, and so it's important to be vocal, um, but it but it's also important to lead by by example with your with your actions as well because it's one thing to bark orders and tell somebody to do something, and then just look at you like, well, you know, you don't do that right. Well, that's not a leader. A leader right. is somebody that can. They can lead vocally, but they also, you know, they, they're practicing what they preach. They're, they're in the grind with you, doing it with you, and, and they're there with you every step of the way. And so there's good vocal and there's bad vocal, man. I mean, I tell my girls all the time, if you're going to say something, it needs to be with a purpose, right? It can't mm-hmm. be something negative, you know. And, and the negative stuff from the coaching staff, we try to always follow it up with a positive. We don't want the negative thing to be the last thing in their brain. Right, yeah. You know, that's like, yeah, that's like ending a, ending a pitching lessons with a ball, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. So, so like, like being being a leader, right? Like, like speak on 
speak on like things like a leader. Just speak off of your team, like a leader. Like how do they approach practices, games, and stuff like that? Well, I think you know, I, I and I'm I'm still trying to find that leader on my team. Uh, you know, um, and helping. So my I got two older girls, Jade and Avery, on my team, and I'm I'm constantly having conversations with them about this, and I'm telling them like, listen. These younger girls, y'all may not think it, but they're watching what y'all do. So when when we're warming up, you know, we're stretching or we're running or we're doing whatever. Like, I need y'all to make sure that you're doing everything 100%. Don't ever cut a corner. Because the moment you cut a corner, you know, they're going to see that and they're going to think it's okay. Well, you got to take on that responsibility. And that, that responsibility is huge. But when you're when you're in a position like that, you know, like as a senior in high school, for me, we had we had a couple of freshmen on our team, and what's what was cool is to see them when I came back a few years later, being leaders to the younger group that they were playing with, and so it, it is really gratifying to see that kind of leadership just passed down, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's important. Uh, but they know when to turn it on, and, and and they know when they can do certain things, and they uh, they're very they're very good about you know their effort and and making sure that they're giving 100% effort, and they expect it from everybody around them, and they and they're they're great players because of it. So I, I expect a lot out of them, and they and they they live up to it, and they're get, they're only getting better, and they're just in the beginning of it. So. Okay, nice. Hey, that's speak on. So, what's what's some big tournaments that y'all that y'all do in this this season? So the last big one we played in was uh, PGF in College mm-hmm. Station. Um, we went we went zero and four, <laughs> uh, but man, we played. We got a tough draw. I mean, we every team in that tournament was good, but we played. Yeah. We had to play Impact Gold National, um, our first bracket game, and uh, we had them beat. Man, we were up three to one. There, they got a couple of base hits, ended up tying it. We went to ITB, played two extra innings, and ended up losing four to three. But we faced the best pitcher in the country in fourteen U. Bryant, and she's out of Mont Bellevue. She had 13 strikeouts in five innings in that game. Just throwing, so, right? Like, like, speak on going to those tournaments, you know, in, in 14 you and you got those second year 14 you players that's, you know, ready to go 16 you and going into high school. Like, speak on the intensity of the games. I can say this. So we played in the fall. We played in a 16U, 18U tournament as 12 and 13 year olds, um, and it's probably one of one of the best tournaments we played in since I since I took over this team. Um, th- those girls, they they stepped up to the competition. I mean, they played up to that level and they did well. They, I think we went four and two or five and two in that tournament. We went deep on Sunday, and. Um, it was it was fun to watch, and then 
just to see that, and then we go to, you know, maybe a, a, a USFA tournament where it's an open bracket, but you got some teams that are probably C-class teams playing open, and, and mm-hmm. so you see slower pitching, um, and, and we kind of lay down at times, man. It, it's like they come into the game expecting to beat those teams, and then those teams put them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so getting them to to get up for those games and, and, and have the understanding that you got to put your foot on a throat and not let up, you know, they don't quite understand that yet. Uh, but back to PGF, I mean, we went 0-4, but every game we played was – was a one-run game, except for the last one, and it was a one. It was a tied game until the last inning, and they kind of blew it open on us. But I mean, we played the best of the best, and we were right there with everybody. We just didn't come out on the other end. But they they step up to that competition, and they and they you know they're not afraid of it. The older girls that are in high school, they're not afraid of it. I mean, they, mm-hmm. I think some of the younger some of the younger girls when we play that Impact Gold National team. They, you could tell the nerves get to them a little bit because they know that team. I mean, they, they've never yeah. seen that team, and, and they're intimidated a little bit by Macy. But, you know, we played them twice in the spring already. Both games, one, the first time we played them, it was 2-1 to one until the fifth inning, and they ended up beating us 5-1. to one. And then the last time we played them, we lost ITV. And we hung, we were with them. I mean, we hung with them. And mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling them, when, when you're seeing a girl throwing 65, you know, you can't see it out of her hand and then decide if you're going to swing. you got to start your swing before it's out of her hand. And so they don't know that yet. They, they haven't experienced that until they see her, right? No, gotcha. You know, it, you go from seeing low 50s to that, and, it, and it's, it's a shock. But it's not unhittable. You just got to change. You got to. With, with a girl throwing that hard, you got to spread out and throw your hands. You know, you can't have a big swing against a girl throwing that hard. So, mm-hmm. so how do you – okay, no, like, how do you, like, approach it? Like, say, like, before the game started, you know, like, they going to pitch her. Like, what's your – What's your advice that you're giving, giving the team, your pregame, your pregame talk? Oh, we're going to play a lot of small ball. We're going to work counts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, firm believer in being aggressive early in the count, um, you know, especially at this level, because that first pitch you see might be the only good pitch you see. Um, mm-hmm. But what you have to understand is, is when you get into a tournament like PGF, the umpiring is a lot better. So you have smaller zones, right? So now instead of being aggressive, we can be a little more patient. And so our approach with her is is more of we're going to be patient and make and make her throw strikes, right? We're not going to chase her her curveball outside. We're not going to we're not going to swing at that screwball that's coming in on our hands. We're going to make her pitch a little bit. And you know, is she going to get her strikeouts? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get some runners on base and we're going to move them with bunts or we're going to try and go the other way and move runners. And, and, and so small ball is really how you beat pitchers like that because you know you're not going to win hitting gap to gap. Right. So you, have to, you have to – basically, you have to simplify the game a little bit for them, you know, when you have a pitcher on the mound like that. 
Okay. Nice. And okay, speak on speak on your coaching style. Like like speak on like, you know, your you and how, how many coaches you have? I have one assistant coach. Okay, speak on so speak on like how is how your style differs from his and how do y'all put it all together? Man, I like to think of us as the as the good cop, bad cop. <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very vocal. Um, Jared's not. He's more of the quiet type. Um, Jared, Jared has a ton of experience as well, man. He, he played college ball and uh, he's been around the game a long time as well. He's older than me, um, so he's he's wise as well. I'm I'm more aggressive as far as my my coaching style. I like to be aggressive on the base pass. I like to be aggressive in the box. At, you know, I have a catcher's mentality, so I like to throw runners out. You know, if they get too far off of first base, we're throwing, we're, you know, we're backdoor picking. We're, we're doing a lot of stuff. We're being aggressive, right? We're, and, and Jared's more on the conservative side. He likes to play a lot of small ball. We get, a, we get somebody on first base. I'm typically, with all these girls, I mean, I got so much speed on this team, man. We're stealing. Right, a lot of times I don't want to waste the bunt when I know we can steal that base. So I'm more on the side of we're gonna steal this base, and he's on the other side of we're gonna bunt this runner over. So that this just kind of and we we'll rotate, man. I'll coach third one inning, and then he'll coach third the next, and I'll go to first. And and I think that's important, mm-hmm. right? You yeah, change things up a little bit. You know, there's things that he sees that I don't see. There's things I see that he doesn't see, and and so we. We gel pretty well when it comes to that, and it works. Nah, that's that's good. That's good. That's good that y'all are able to, you know, put it together. You know, if yeah. you got a coaching staff and y'all can't put it together, then it's kind of a problem. Right. Absolutely. Okay, man. So down to the to the final final question that I you know that I have is, who would you like to hear on the on the podcast? Have to help me a little bit getting that, getting your answer on. Who would I like to hear on the podcast? Man, you kind of put me on the spot there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I already oh, heard yeah. them on there, man, I, and I enjoyed that. That was that was a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, man. man I, I, think, I know you know a lot, a lot of people too. Yeah, man. Um. And it don't it don't it don't have to be in the soft you know I'm I need other sports I have softball all day long right so if you know anybody baseball or any other sport that'll work too. Yeah. Um, do you need an answer right now or can I get to you later? No, nah, we we need some right now. Got to put you on the spot. Oh <laughs> uh, man, off the top. I would have to say so. There's a guy that my that my daughter used to take hitting lessons from. He actually uh, is one of the he's one of the guys that runs the Illusions organization. His name is Eddie Sessom. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Eddie is really what got me interested in coaching again, and, and his philosophy on things that he does uh, with with Illusions. Uh, I, I mean, the guy is super knowledgeable. I don't know if he'd be willing to come on, but I, I'd be willing to help you try and get him on. I mean, that that guy's 
he was giving lessons, Levi, back when I was playing Little League ball around the Sugarland, Missouri City area. Um, oh, okay. He sent a lot of girls to, to D1 colleges. Um, I would say him or also my next-door neighbor. My next-door neighbor is, is Caleb Hack. He's the um, varsity softball coach at Katy High School. He's been there for over 30 years. Okay. He's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of stories he could tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, a whole lot, right? Oh yeah. Yep. So go ahead and you know tell your neighbor if you want to send me his number, I send him a message too. You know that's okay. how I do it. So you won't be having to do it all on your own. I send the message if you you know you let him know and I send the message. No problem. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. All right, all right man. I appreciate you for your time, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. All right. All right, man. We'll catch up. All right. All right. I thank my boy, Mike Estrada, for getting the logo right. So all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy, Mike, man. I let my boy, Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So y'all speed and agility, y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent, go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up. Man, y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reach some more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. You know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's mobile detailing, just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in, all of us.